Acts chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse number 14. Stand for the reading of God's Word just one more time, if you would. If you're there, say amen. If if you're not, say oh no. I got a few oh no's. It's after John. It's before Romans. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be this known unto you. And hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show forth, I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be seated tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. God, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing and destroy and break yokes in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we... we See, in this portion of Scripture, which I believe many of us know and many of us may be able to quote portions of Acts chapter 2, and it's preached on very frequently, we call this the day of Pentecost or the day when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon Jesus' disciples. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus told them to go and to wait for the, this, this comforter to come. He says, after that, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We find also in Acts chapter 1 that Peter gets up after some time, has passed in the upper room, and counts 120 people, 120 souls. And this Spirit, this Holy Ghost, is poured out in Acts chapter 2. We read here of Peter standing up and really, Brother Wade, preaching the first message, the first message since Jesus has ascended into heaven. And he preaches it under the anointing of this Holy Ghost, this something, this 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 Holy Spirit that that something he's never felt or experienced before. And he preaches with such power and authority. That people are, the Bible says in this chapter, are pricked at their hearts. And we see 3,000 souls commit their life 
to Christ. This is the beginning of the church. But this is something that I would call, if we saw 3,000 souls get saved in a day, I would call that a good day. That wouldn't just be a good day. That would be a great day. That wouldn't be a great day. It would actually be an amazing day to see 3,000 souls get saved. We see that, again, this is the beginning of the church. And as you read through the book of Acts, you will see that the church of Jesus Christ just begins and continues to grow in momentum, grow in authority, grow in power, and, and grow in physical numbers. We see that there is just a revival, if you will, for lack of a better term, sweeping through not just Judea and Galilee and Samaria, but now it's going to the uttermost parts of the earth. As you read through the book of Acts, I will tell you the book of Acts is what the church is supposed to be. It's something that I commit to myself to read through the book of Acts every year and something I desire to do because I want to, I, I want to take on the characteristics. I want to be like this church, this church not only full of the Holy Ghost, but this church full of anointing and power and boldness. But we live in a time that we know is very different, seems very different. We have social media at, at our very fingertips. We can access someone across the world with a push of a button. We, we live in times that are very, very, very not just different, but very difficult. We live in times that are very busy. We live in a culture where it's go, go, go. We wonder why there's not time to spend with our families. There's not time to spend in the house of God. There's not time to read our word to our children or to pray with our children. It's because we have conformed, if you will, to a societal characteristic of being busy. We're so busy and, and we, we see that it's difficult to be the church in the time that we're in because we feel like we have so many responsibilities. We feel like we have so much going on. And, and I understand this. We, we do. We, we have responsibilities to work. We have responsibilities to family and, and, and friends and to church. And, and it feels like everyone's pulling at us different ways. But Here's what I want you to notice is uh, that the church today is not like this church that we read of in Acts. And in fact, uh, we find that in these difficult times that we're living in, uh, that there is uh, a church in, in, on every corner, but yet it's hard to see uh, the church's impact on a community. You say, where are you going with this? We hear this stuff all the time. Just, just hang with me. I, I really want to not only challenge us, but I will encourage us tonight because I, 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 I don't know what the New Year's Eve service will look like and this is kind of what the Lord has given me for this new year. So you just bear with me just for a moment. But what we see is in this, this difficult time, 
that actually the church has decreased. Pastors reporting here in this month at the end of another year of 2022 that their crowds, most most churches in this nation, they said they've never recovered from COVID. They're missing almost a quarter of their members, 15 to 20, some say even 25 to 30 percent of their congregants have never returned or showed any interest in returning to the house of God. I'm not here to beat up on people. I'm just here to tell you the facts of it. This is what I begin to dig into and begin to look into today, article after article, proclaiming that the church in America is literally dying. The attendance numbers, not only the attendance numbers, the conversion numbers, not only the conversion numbers, but through the generations coming up, they are so anti-God that there are literally journalists out there writing articles, Brother Chris, saying that we may see the death of Christianity in America in our lifetime. They said it is, it is the, the, Christianity is decreasing so much in the United States, it is almost difficult to keep track of. So what's going on? Sister Mary, there's churches everywhere. What's going on? Well, what the problem is, is that we have a church on every corner, but there's still no change. There's still no, no difference. Uh, and it's because what has happened uh, is we have decided as a people and as a nation that we're too busy to serve God. We're too busy to do these. I understand. I could preach on that. That's not what I'm here to preach on tonight. Uh, but I want you to understand is uh, oftentimes, as me and Pastor were talking about earlier, uh, I want you to understand something, uh, that when you step out for Christ and you say, I'm going to serve you and I'm not only going to serve you, I'm going to go all the way with you. It will cost you some things and it's very difficult. It's very difficult. I'm just going to be very transparent with you tonight. Listen, I, 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 will, I will tell you at times that, that it is difficult to stand on this platform when you've worked all day and everything's went, went haywire. We, we were at, out at the station till, till after, I didn't get home till almost 9 o'clock last night because of issues and problems and didn't study the way I really wanted to. But guess what? I, I don't get an option because I'm called to do what God has called me to. To do, uh, and I'm willing to make that sacrifice. That's not here to say, oh, good job, Jade. What I'm here to tell you uh, is that what we have to begin to do as people of God uh, is we have to make up in our minds uh, that we want to be a church uh, that is going to the next level. Okay, hear me tonight. You say, where are you getting at with this? I want you to understand uh, before Jesus, we just celebrated Christmas, uh, before Jesus is born. There is 400 years, 400 years where, where nothing is really said, nothing's written. The, the, the Israelites are going through just dictatorship after dictatorship, revolt after revolt. It, it, there, there, there's nothing spiritual really happening. And for 400 years, they find their nation and their people in distress, in turmoil, so much so that the Roman Empire comes in and scatters their people all over 
the known world at that time. But then what happens is we see that in this culture that is run not only by Rome, but it's run by Pharisees and priests that are no longer just religious figures. They're men of political ambition. They want power. They, they, they want authority. They want all these things that this world has to give them. What they were in is a state of religion. John the Baptist shows up. He shows up in the wilderness and he's preaching. People think he's crazy, but he's upsetting the apple cart, if you will. But then after John the Baptist comes Jesus, and Jesus is not only messing with religion, what begins to happen is Jesus is laying hands on the sick and they're recovered. You're saying, where are you going? I promise I'm going somewhere. He lays hands on the sick, sees them recover. He casts out the demonic. He sends demons running. He's someone that the people say in Mark chapter 1 preaches with authority. Someone that has power. That someone that, that God truly has his hands on. We find that Jesus comes and he what he's done is John the Baptist said, okay, we're here church. We're going to take it to a new level. We're going to step out a little more. But now Jesus has come and say, listen, we can live on a next level. We don't have to live with the demonic. We don't have to live being undelivered. We don't have to live bound. We don't have to live sick and afflicted. But there's something better. There is a life that God has for you that's better. So we see that Jesus, again, takes the church to a new level, a place that it's never been before. But then Jesus looks at his disciples in John chapter 14, and he says, now listen, you will do greater works than I have done. I don't know about you, but if Jesus looked at me and said that, I would say, there is no way. What can I do? What, 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 what can I possibly do? And we understand that Jesus would even send out the disciples. They would lay hands on the sick and see them recover. They would cast out the demons. They would preach the good news of the kingdom, that the Son of God was here, that Jesus had come. They would do these things. But I want you to know in our text tonight, Peter is experiencing another level that he has never known before. Something that, that he, he, he has never seen. A power that he has never encountered before. We live in a society that has really unbelievably the church, I mean pastor we're talking before service, the church has, has just twisted and construed the power of the Holy Spirit. There, there's, there's preachers out there that will say you don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You, you don't need any of that. And then we wonder why our, our pews aren't filled. Why people aren't coming to the altar. We, 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 we meet with psychologists, Christian psychologists and theologians and say why? Why is the church in decline? Why is this going on? Because I want you to hear me tonight. What has happened is we have refused to be a church on the next level. So where are you? Uh, again, you say you've. I feel like you're beating me up a little bit tonight. Don't don't don't, don't think that. I don't want you to under, I don't want you to to think that I'm beating you up tonight. What I'm saying is uh, is I thank God where He's brought us. Uh, I thank God uh, for Pastor Willie Russell. Uh, I thank God for Pastor Ron Russell. Uh, but I know from talking to my pastor uh, that God has plans for this ministry. That God has plans for His life. Uh, and if God has plans for His life uh, and the ministry that God has given Him. Uh, 
That means God has plans for your life because you're sitting under this ministry. Hear me, going into 2023, I want us to be a church that will say, you know what? We'll go back to how it used to be. You say, what are you saying it used to be? These were people that would sit in a room and say, God, we want your spirit. We don't want your programs. We don't, we, we don't, we don't want what the world has for our children. We don't want the world to educate our children, but we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit back on our children again. Listen, I know what it's like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at a young age, but now we have a generation that comes out and hears the prophetic tongue or anything like that. They're looking around. What's going on? We don't understand that. Understand this tonight, that if you want to see Connorsville change, if you want to see your house change, if you want to see your children change, you're going to have to make up in your mind, I'm going to be a church. I'm going to be a person that is going to live at another level. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. He had never felt anything like that. He had never experienced anything like that. But he said, you know what? I may have been a denier. I may have betrayed Christ with my words, but I'm going to stand up and proclaim him louder than I ever have before. Why? Because the anointing of the Holy Ghost is on my life. We don't need another year. Maybe we should do this. and Maybe we should do that. Or maybe we should have a good service. I want you to know the day of Pentecost was not just a good service, but it was an outpouring. It was something that would change the nations and the future of the world. What we see here is they had not only a service on another level, they decided that they were going to be a church at another level. They can come to the music tonight. See, what has happened, why the day of Pentecost even happened is because 120 people positioned themselves. Position themselves to transition. 120 people, Brother Ethan, made up their minds that they were going to have all that God could give them. They positioned themselves to go to a next level. Hear me tonight. You don't just show up and revival gets poured out. Hear me. Be honest with you. American uh, American church culture has told us that we're waiting on God to do something. Hear me. They waited on God to do something, but this is what Peter said. This is that that the prophet Joel prophesied about that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If you read through the book of Acts, They were active. They weren't, they weren't waiting. They, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. But we, we've taught in the American church, well, well, I can't worship God until I feel something. Understand this. Let me teach you something about praise. We was talking about this the other night in our home. God inhabits the praises of his people. Anybody ever heard that verse? Do you know that there has to be praise for him to inhabit? That means you open your mouth. 
And then God comes down. Hear this. He says, draw nigh unto me. And James, then I will draw nigh unto you. Listen, you want to know one of the, one of the, the greatest things that I want to be able to show and teach my girls? Is that they don't need a worship team and a preacher to enter in. That you can have church all by yourself. But we've taught in America that, well, if God does this, then you can do this. And if God does that, then you can do this. I want you to understand and hear me loud and clear. I've said it before, but I will say it again. What more does God need to do for you? He's already done it. When he went to the cross and he rose from the dead. Healing, deliverance, salvation, joy, peace, you name it. He's done it. But hear me tonight. Stand with me. I know it ain't anything profound. It ain't anything you may think is awesome. That's okay. Understand a few things tonight. First thing I want you to understand is these disciples that are experiencing all this, they left everything for Jesus. You say, what are you saying? I need to leave my job. No, 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 no. I'm saying you need to make him a priority. That's all I'm saying. But something else I want you to understand is we've lived, I would say nearly, and I'm be careful how I say this because I don't, I don't want you to take it the wrong way, but we've lived in a couple decades where there's been a lot of proclamations and very few demonstrations. The church has said, we're a place of peace. We're a place of joy. We're a place of unity. We're a place of power. And it hasn't been that. I'm, I'm just being, I'm shooting straight. A lot of proclamation. Very little demonstration. Those are, you know, I, it, I don't know what it was in the last decade, but it was like, Every which way there was a prophet turning up, turning up, turning up, prophet, 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 prophet. I'm not saying they were all wrong. I'm not here to, to judge that. God will judge that. Everybody had a proclamation. But I want you to notice something. On the day of Pentecost, they didn't say a word. Peter didn't preach one thing until it was noised abroad. There was a demonstration before there was a proclamation. You say, what does this have to do with going the next level? Church, this is, this is where it all leads to. Is when people come in those doors on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night or Sunday night, They need to see a demonstration. 
not just a proclamation. They don't need to hear someone say, oh, God's good, but worship. Listen, I, I told someone, I think I was, it was Gloria and Sierra, someone said, I, I, it has been said to me, Jay, you won't be happy till everybody shouts. And I used to say, you know what, I'm not happy. That's not what it is. I'm not, I'm, that's not what it's about. I just can tell when people are worshiping. That's why I used to say, you know what, I'm done saying that. I wish everybody would shout. You know why? Because I think it's about time. These young people saw their parents have the freedom that they profess to have. Hear me. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not beating up. I'm just saying, if you want to be a next level church, don't, don't tell everybody, oh, come to PTC. It's a place of deliverance. It's a place of power. It's a place of anointing. It's all oh, the worship's amazing. The preaching's amazing. But we sit there and Pastor Ronnie's preaching and we're on our phones or, or our worship's going on and, and we won't lift a hand or we won't sing along or we won't enter in or, or anything like that. I want you to know, if you want to be a next level church, you can't just be a church that says, oh, we're, we're the best church in Connorsville. Come down to PTC and be the best church. Be with us. We got the best worship team, which I believe we do. We got the best preacher. I believe we do but understand this we can't just be a church that proclaims one thing we have to be a church that has a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost not people of just saying it but doing it living it if you're free and you'll tell the world oh I've been set free from my sin then live worship praise pray preach teach whatever it is do it like you're free You say, well, it's easy for you and pastor. You, you, you get paid to do. Listen, understand this. These disciples didn't earn a dime. There was a time our pastor and his wife didn't earn a dime. They were just what you would call volunteers. But they showed up on time. They were prepared. He never complained that he had to go and work third shift right after he was done preaching. He did it. So don't tell me, oh, well, I've had this going on, this going Listen, we all got it going on. Let's come into this house in 2023 uh, on New Year's Eve night. Uh, let's come in uh, ready with our hands lifted uh, and say, you know what? Uh, tonight's just not going to be a good service, but it's going to be the beginning uh, of a new level, uh, of a deeper depth, uh, of, a great, of a louder shout, uh, of a more, pow more power, more anointing, something that we've never known before. And let revival begin in us. Let something be birthed in us. Because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm over it. I'll tell you this. Last night, we stayed late. We was there over 12 hours. Our big machine that pushes gas through, through our pipeline went down. It's been down. Losing money. It's a big deal. And Brother Wade, they tried, they tried, we tried, we tried everything. We reset this, we replaced that. We could not get this thing going. Brought in a contractor, a guy from Pittsburgh, drove all the way down. He was there late with us. He said, I don't know what's going on. This should work. We've, we've replaced this. We've done this. We, we fine-tuned that. I, I don't understand. We all got excited. We got everything where it needed to be. We thought it was perfect, and, and it didn't run. It didn't work. 
But something happened last night that just built my faith. Brother Chris, I was standing there. We're all standing in this room. This engine takes up about half this room. Huge, big, big turbine engine. I knelt down next to one of the poles. And I said, God... I said, I know this is silly. I, I'm dead serious. I said, I know this is this is silly. This may seem stupid to you, but these men have missed Christmas. They've been here for three days trying to figure this out. I said, some of them ain't seen their families. I said, I know it seems little, but Lord, let this thing run. As soon as I ended my prayer, I heard that turbo kick in. All of a sudden, the contractor looked at me and said, oh, we got something. And I was like, yes. I was like, come on. And I was like, it's so little, but that built my faith. And them guys were high-fiving. and Oh, man, you would have thought they won the prize. And our boss called and he said, it's running. He said, well, I'm coming back. I got, I, got, I got two pounds worth of brisket I just bought for you guys. I said, yes. Come on. Let's go. But hear me tonight. That created, that little prayer created a hunger in me that I haven't had in a long time. I've been hungry, but I ain't that, I'm not talking about for brisket. I'm talking about I'm hungry. And my Bible tells me those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I want to be filled in 2023. So if you would tonight, come to these altars, find a place to pray, and just say, God, I, I just want to be that next level church. I want to be that next level leader. I want to be that next level worshiper. That, you, you say, well, I just sit in the congregation. I don't do anything. You have more to do with service than you could imagine. So come. Find a place to pray. Come to these altars. You have a special need. We'll pray with you tonight. But I believe God wants to take us to greater heights. God's been good. We're blessed but I believe God has more. He has more. And I want you to want more. So come. Find a place to pray.